Right, guys welcome to in the zone i'm your host garrison roy and you know obviously a lot of you who are listening if this is your first time listening we want you to grow the show if you get anything out of this if you learn something if made you laugh if you even disagree with it cool go ahead and share it with your friends post it put it out there because the only way this grows is through word of mouth so i don't do ads sponsorships or monetize the show in any way right so i'll ask that you guys pay it forward if you get any value out of this particular episode. Um, you know, we have a bunch of different segments. We got rants that I'll go on tangents and just kind of yell into the mic. Uh, then we have full length interviews, which we have today. And then we have mental minutes for just mental game hacks and, you know, learning how to focus and uh, just getting a little bit more on the mental side of the game and then educational deep dives. Uh, but today we have Eric Minshaw, Director of Pitching Initiatives at Ohio Baseball Science Academy. What's going on, Eric? Hey, Garrison. Thanks for having me on the In the Zone podcast. I appreciate it. But been looking forward to this. I uh, really, really like your your work. And uh, you know, we've known each other a little while, and uh, you know, watched each other uh, from from afar. Got a chance to, to meet up again in Nashville. So thanks for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, through our coaching careers, we've had. I've heard your name in passing through people that are in the mm-hmm. Ohio area. Of like, hey, do you know Eric? I'm like, I know of him, but I've never had a full-on conversation with him. You know, so it's it's really cool to connect through that too. Um, but yeah, tell some of the listeners a little bit, you know, from your background through coaching and leading up to to where you're at now. No, it's great. Thanks, I appreciate that. Um, you've been coaching for a long time. I think this is your 27, which is means I'm getting old. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I took a few years off here or there. Uh, I think I took a year or two off when my first daughter was born, et cetera. But, um, you know, I've had quite a quite a career. I mean, I've coached at one of the top high school programs in the country at Archbishop Muller High School. You know, they have a huge lineage of, you know, Ken Griffey Jr., Barry Larkin. Oh, yeah. Great Adam Heis do. I mean, God, I mean, it just keeps going on. I mean, current Reds manager, David Bell, I was a teammate of his. Uh, great, great guy. Uh, just, you know, just goes on and on. So, uh, you know, great experience there. Uh, coached at Miami University Hamilton uh, here locally in uh, the, the greater Cincinnati area. Became associate head coach there. Uh, phenomenal, phenomenal program. Really helped uh, grow that as well with their uh, head coaches retiring this year. Daryl Grissom, great guy, still a great friend. Uh, wonderful, wonderful human being there and went to uh, Pittsburgh Pirates from there. Coaching a Pirates organization, and I've uh, worked a little bit in indie ball. Worked uh, Southern Illinois Miners, uh, another tremendous, long-storied organization. And then also, uh, this past year, worked with the Florence Yalls here at home, which is which is pretty wild to coach professionally at home. Uh, but, you know, the, the big uh, thing that we do is run the Ohio Baseball Science Academy. And that was originally a Cincinnati Throwing Club about seven or eight years ago. And then now uh, we are... Uh, we changed to OBSA about two and a half years ago, and we've really taken off. I and mean, we're 640 plus clients, anywhere from big leaguers down to AU, and um, got a tremendous staff. We crush it, man. I just, I love. It's not work. I don't come into work every day. <laughs> oh, that's it. That's uh, the best part about it is yeah. you go in and you actually enjoy what you do, and you're out there just having fun. Honestly, on just a massive playground. <laughs> absolutely, yeah, absolutely. It's it's just so fun to come in and watch guys grow and achieve their dreams and especially this time of year guys are getting ready for you know high school ball and tryouts and um you know guys are pr in every night and just the excitement the parents and you know just everybody it's just, it's just tremendous i mean if you you know this is a situation where i really i really get to do what i love every day yeah no and and that's why we coach because you know we do it for the love of it it's not for you know any type of recognition or anything like that that you know sometimes I look and see some posts where, you know, younger coaches are claiming like, oh, this is my guy or this, you know, all this. I'm like, it's not about that, guys. It's really not like if you help them out, that's great. But, you know, you don't need to put your your stamp of approval or anything on it. Yeah, right. Right. You know? 
but you know, to each their own. I think it's, it's, you know, for me, it's all about growing the game, growing the athletes that I come across yeah. and, you know, and even the coaches that I come in contact with too. But, um, yes. Yeah. We have to all help each other. I mean, it's, that's it. I stand on the shoulders of a great many, uh, some of the Kings in this game. I mean, truly when it comes to development, you know, I've, I've had Ron Wolfworth to lean on Kyle Bodie to lean on Randy Sullivan to lean on, um, Alan Jager to lean on, um, I mean, these, these guys are doing it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, and I, and we're all, they're the, they're the pioneers of it for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The rest of us are all friends, you know, the, the Lance Wheelers out there, Ben Brewster. I mean, we, we all know each other. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's a few guys out there that, you know, probably aren't in that circle, but, um, and the rest of us, it, it's amazing how on, how often we do communicate, you know, Brent Strom and Donnie Cooper and just, just, you know, God, Derek Johnson, just these guys out there that um, Eric Jagger, you know, man, they're just so good at what they do. And you just, you know, I aspire to be as good as they are. You know, I, I really do. I have no idea where I stack up, but I, I just know I'm not them. I mean, I, that's part of my pursuit is to be good. Like they are like really good. And, uh, you know, sure. well, part of that get too, after is it. like, like you said, you're standing on the shoulders of it. So we're just kind of, taking that to another level from what we come across and what they've kind of absolutely forward, you know? Um, yeah. Then there's, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. A lot of people are like saying, Oh, Hey, like I stole this or I did that. It's like, Hey man, like it's not about really even before it's like not really who gets the credit in my eyes. It's like, right. Are we progressing in the game? Are guys actually, you know, getting better? Are they throwing with more durability, more health, you mm-hmm. know, or even outside of that, you know, are they, going on to be better human beings outside of baseball. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we, we grow these, uh, we grow these kids up uh, in a lot of ways. Um, You know, as a college, I mean, we did, I mean, we got them as, you know, recent high school graduates and then we would, you know, we would cry when they, when they came, you know, walking down on senior night and we watched them grow into young men and productive members of society. You know, so many, so select few go on to the next level. That's, that's not what it's about. Mm-hmm. It's about being able to go out in the world and really participate uh, in the world and be a good human being and be productive member of society. That's it. And they get they get those levels of discipline and learning how to do that through the sport, but then it carries over into the yeah their daily lives. Um, yeah, no, I love it. Um, I guess to kind of shift back a little bit, but also very important what we just touched on. Sure. Uh, you know. Uh, where we were meeting at ABCA, you mentioned before we hopped on this recording that a uh, general thing that you were seeing occur was, you know, personalization versus like a cookie cutter approach, you know, and you hear that a lot. And, you know, you, you kind of are curious, it's like, all right, like, are you saying the right words? But then like, what is your actual implementation of that? What does that mm-hmm. look like? Um, you know, and it, it was cool to see other coaches perspectives on like how to do that. Um, and I'm also kind of curious how you guys are, you know, personalizing things or like as a guy who, you know, for, from my experience, a guy who's been with you for two years has a totally different outlook of what he's doing versus a guy who just came in two months ago. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. What does that what does that look like for you guys? And and how is that? Obviously, for, sure for us, we yeah. our process is always evolving because, I mean, we meet as a staff regularly to talk about what we were doing we try to write out everything that we're doing we put it on a whiteboard and we we like do we believe in this is this still right mm-hmm. does this work um and it doesn't mean it has to work for every person but is it is it something that's scientifically debunked now you know because we've moved away from so many things in the last seven to ten years probably more so the last seven but sure. we want to make sure that our process um does not involve us hanging on to wrong answers too long. So <laughs> um, totally there's fair. just so much new, new thoughts and processes and philosophies. And, and what I love now more than anything is, is there's so much testing going on. There's, there's a lot more data to back up when somebody has a new belief or whatever they, 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 they don't come at you with, well, just believe me. They come at you with science and here's what we're seeing with athletes. This is how we're getting them to move better. So, you know, for us, you know, we, we thought we were big time by implementing FMS screens, you know? Really oh, right. Oh man. Yeah. When FMS came out, I was also <laughs> kind of like, 
towards the tail end of that whenever that was introduced in, in my playing career and i was like oh yeah this is great like this is my score i'm gonna start working on this and you know do all these things turns out yeah it did absolutely nothing for my actual skill of throwing <laughs> we've gone from you know that to now um you know working you know in the in the, in the fms is important for us and we've adapted and evolved that you know i think it initially was like a seven part screen mm-hmm. um i know that sam breen you know when he was a driveline had come out with a a couple extra pieces and we were we dug in on that and we worked with randy sullivan on what he was doing you know i, I think he was I think he was the Florida baseball ranch at the time. Yeah. That's when I was, um, whenever. I was yeah. 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 Out. Right. So yeah, it, it, you know, they, they had a really cool screen. He let me, you know, peek at that so we could adapt to the best that we had of our, our staff at the time. And then, you know, now we're, you know, we do those because they're really important. It explains a lot later on for us um, or, or gives us cues of things that we may see in, in someone's delivery. But now, you know, we, we use, uh, you know, ProPlay AI, Pitch AI, which we were lucky enough to be uh, a beta tester for. We're one of the 10 selected around the country. And we use that, you know, religiously. Um, and it really helps us um, just because now we're getting data and numbers and we've got a baseline. And um, again, you pair that with the FMS, you start seeing some things, you know, like, oh, yep, here's A plus B equals C. And you kind of move on from there. And, yeah, um, you know, you, absolutely. Yeah. And then we go to the super slow-mo, you know, yeah. we, we use that a, a ton. We, we film from five different angles so that we can see, um, whatever he's doing, you know, cause a lot of the other stuff is just from what we call open side, you know, you know, when a guy's delivery, but we need, sure. we need, the That's probably we the need most common view. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Thinking, yeah. Yeah. So it's four corners, front, rear, left side, right side. And then, um, yeah. No, kind of like satellite. Yeah. We do oblique, we do oblique front overhead uh it's kind of slightly overhead behind sure. side you know five slots and uh you know it's depending on the picture you know with the data will point you to oh you really need to look at this and all oh, it makes makes more sense you know you got an everted landing and knees not stable and it makes sense and because his fms screen showed that he had a you know he's got some asymmetries and and probably had a prior knee injury something all those all those little dots start to connect and and the next thing you know, you're really helping a guy with a true implementation plan to get better. And I, I tell people all the time, and I had numerous conversations just today because we're getting so many calls because tryouts are starting soon. Is you know, we're able to cut down the skill acquisition time and the player development time significantly. I mean, we're able to get to the good stuff quick because we're not eyeballing stuff. We're not guessing. Mm-hmm. We're using data and we're using information. And all of our guys are certified to the to the hilt. So our our ability to interpret is really really good too that's good no i mean and yeah where my experience too is you see a lot of guys who they're like yeah you just can't generally move as a human you can't expect that to show up in a high velocity movement like pitching or hitting right like it's just you can't put two together now however there are some guys who are lacking a lot of dexterity but then somehow when they put a baseball in their hand they just light it up somehow i still have to figure so out right. that part you know yeah but. the compensators are amazing like it's like wow like how did you but you know you get, the body is just man it's just amazing like can you get in down in like as deep as eugene bleaker with biointegrity and figuring out like you know listen this whole thing is connected every fiber from your toe to your your most outward finger is it's all connected some way. And when you really start thinking about it that way, he's like, okay, it, everything starts making more sense. But then you sit there, you, know, you said you get an outlier, like how's this, how's this guy throw 95? It looks like he's, it looks like he's going to break apart. Like something's got to be hurt, you know, and injured and he feels just fine. He feels better. Maybe the two guys down from him. So yeah, that, oh, I don't know if we'll ever get that to where we figure that out i hope we do but i don't i don't know <laughs> hey who knows i mean obviously there was a definitely like you said the past seven years there's a lot of stuff that we kind of shedded and didn't you know keep to our what, what have you uh what have you shed i mean oof, a lot so i guess give you a little bit more back my background those who are listening mm-hmm. i know a little bit of the story but it was more of like obviously early on in my career i was a tom house guy and did talent mm-hmm. drills till the cows 
came home literally NPA certified. I, I'm yeah. with you. Yeah. My dad was too. So he, he went down that rabbit hole with me and I woke up 5 30 AM every morning, mm-hmm. with like hundred plus towel drills, jumping <laughs> up the kitchen, uh, sure. You know, seat, just slapping the back of it with a towel. Um, you know, doing that to then I was a ranch guy for a while. So, uh, that was like first when the connection ball was brought out, mm-hmm. which I, mm-hmm. you know, also kind of done away with. And there might be some instances where I would like sprinkle it in, but I've honestly kind of not even used that anymore because it, it leads to more corruption than the actual, uh, movement without, you know, cause it's, you're decontextualizing the actual movement. Of sure. The, okay. Interesting. Right? If you see yeah. what I'm saying, because it's, yeah. it's, it's, I can understand that. Yeah. Um, so from there, then obviously, as I've gone gone through that, it, just kind of trying to get things to be a lot more game like. Uh, so yeah, right, right. doing a whole like, you know, a lot of people here in the recent years have kind of figured out like, OK, hey, the majority of your volume of throwing does not need to be in plows and on flat ground and doing all this stuff. So it's like, yeah, keep the main thing, the main thing. Let's focus and have majority of our actual skill work on the mound or you know, maybe not throwing into a net, like let's throw to a catcher. Let's have a stand in hitter, you know, on your bullpen days. Where yeah. You know, right. Intent right. To actually improve the skill of pitching, you know, versus being a, a training hero. And, you know, just guys are really good at yep. throwing forth. They might get signed for a number that they flash up there, but when push comes to shove, are they actually able to adapt and, and compete? You know, so that, it's a, a really, I guess, spark noted, way yeah. of like how I've progressed. Uh diving a lot into ecological dynamics and stuff lately too, uh, which I like. Um also have a bone to pick with a few things there. Uh just because to your point, what you were talking about before, you're like, oh hey, here's a general movement problem. And I don't know if it, it it's I don't think it's the approach of ecological dynamics, but a lot of coaches that claim to use it try to fix some of those physiological issues with you know, a more skill specific approach, like, Oh, Hey, just throw from different angles and they'll figure it out. I'm like, no, dude, serratus literally cannot fire or, you know, he's got all these other physiological issues. You can't expect anything to change until you fix that physiological issue. Sure. You know? So, I mean, that's no, I agree. More skilled, but you know, it also depends on the setting you're in. So if like, I'm talking to, you know, one of the coaches I was talking to at ABCA is like, Hey, we're in the middle of a game. We're in the middle of the season. I don't have time to wait for those adaptations. So I'm like, yeah, cool. Like hitting that e- ecological dynamic approach and trying to do things in more of the skill setting makes more sense for what you need to do to learn how to win games like that. That's yeah, where kind of that puzzle yeah. is versus, yeah. you know, in your case, you're having a lot more time with these guys. You're slow cooking them, mm-hmm. so to speak. So mm-hmm. you want to make sure that this is, you know, ironed out and getting all the kinks out as they progress and get ready to go off into their seasons. So, you know, I think it also, you know, it depends on where you're at as a coach. Yes. Right? Yeah. Uh, it's just like we tell people when you're hundred percent, right. We, we, we handle the kid that's in front of us or yeah. the adult, you know, whatever the player in front of us, we don't try to make him look like a certain way or we, 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 you know, oh, I think he look, I, I get this. Well, my son, my son throws like Chris sale. No, he doesn't. Jimmy throws yeah. like Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. Your uh, son throws like Jim. You know, Jimmy Johnson. Sorry, I mean, you're, that's the guy. You're, yeah, he's him, and he's not Chris Sale. And you know, I'm not saying he can't be. I'm not, but yeah, just yeah, we we get away from that as a staff too. I mean, we we see similarities between guys, of course. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. I, that's actually something I've kind of moved away from too. Is like trying to have a comp with every kid. Mm-hmm, like, yeah, mm-hmm. I might use it to reiterate a point of like, hey, do you see this move? All right, cool. Let's try yeah. to do that. But I can't mold is like hey you're a chris sale comp so you need to move exactly like him exactly they need to have their own authentic movement and i'm sure you run into this a lot where you get guys they're bringing in you know something from twitter and like hey this is max scherzer throws this i want to do this like well it's not just that easy and it's not because it's hard it's because you don't you may not have that physiological makeup yeah absolutely your physiological makeup's probably entirely different because he's a grown man it works out constantly, and you know you're a 14 year old kid, 145 pounds. It doesn't doesn't always equate. 
Yeah. No, 100%. <laughs> I mean, I want well, you to do those things. <laughs> yeah. This was something that I think it was right when I first started work with Randy, whenever it was the Florida baseball ranch. And he'll probably agree with me, with me saying this. So it's not like I'm throwing him under the bus by any means, but he, we were coaching this one thing where you would have that back foot, like basically like turn and drag out like how Scherzer okay. would. So it would like hook around almost like a Nike swoosh like okay. this. So it was like really intentional in one drill. And it was just really screwing up guys' back legs. And I was like, I don't know if this is supposed to work because guys who, you know, have more externally rotated hips, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they can't physically, they can't physically like do that. No, you know? like they're, they're pulling their leg forward because they run out yeah, of right. rotation. So <laughs> I didn't know like that's what was going on, but just, you know, you have that coach's eye where you're like, that's not it. Like, I don't, I don't think that's, that's supposed to be like how it actually, uh, shows up on the mound, you know. Skip ahead the next 60 seconds if you don't want to find out about the company I co-founded, Ink Sports Performance. So here's the scoop. At Ink Sports Performance, we get it. We were athletes ourselves, former college and professional pitchers. We were also former college coaches as well. Rob and I, we don't do one-size-fits-all programs. We custom craft each training and throwing program and offer that one-on-one coaching support that you need where you're not just a number. We're all about that personal touch. We'll dive into your training videos, whip up some of the program designed to take you to your next level. Nothing cookie-cutter here. So if you, one of your friends, or maybe a player that you know is serious about competing at the next level, hit us up on our website, Give us a call, get that set up at inksportsperformance.com. And also, just a heads up, we're also very selective who we take, right? We only take a handful of dedicated athletes, and if you're not putting in the work, we'll have to say goodbye. So let's ink you in to the next level. So Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And, and then you're just talking about something right there where, we have all gotten away from the idea that your foot has to be right up against the rubber because of all the information we now have that because you may not have really, you may be deficient somewhere along the line and your femur not being able to rotate or you're something wrong with your hips or whatever the case may be that you, you need to be, your heel needs to be further away. So you can kind of preset that motion. And who would have thought that like seven, eight, nine, ten years ago? I mean, that was, it was the thing you get your foot up against the rubber and push. Remember we had to push. Oh yeah. my God. You know, so we, we learned that though. I mean, when I was like, said, I was in PA certified. I, I mean, I, I love Tom's growing too. I mean, so there's a lot of stuff that he sat on for a while. He's like, yeah, things change, you know, and that's cool. Sure. Um, but man, we've come so far and I'm, I'm really, I would say I'm, um, the truth isn't in the answer to yesterday's question. It's into tomorrow's question, sure. you know? Yeah. So. Well, you, like you said, you're constantly evolving and like, building off of that and i think it takes a lot of humility from a coach to be like hey i was probably wrong in this but this might be more correct but right. it may not be 100 percent spot on or you know accurate and yeah getting back to what we're talking about with um like talking to our staff about how we evolve we always say you know we are teaching today's methods with our best intentions I mean, we, I mean, I know, I know that almost everything that I was teaching years ago was, is was in some form, not correct now. And I'm, I, I'm okay with that. I mean, I was taught by people who thought they knew, didn't have all the science and they were, they were doing it in best intentions. We were never doing it to I'll purposely mess with somebody or oh, no. whatever the case may be. Yeah, you I know? don't know of any coach that intentionally does that at all. By any I way. hope not. <laughs> yeah. You hope not, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I say no coach. All coaches have that intention to to do no harm. Right. Right. Like almost Socratic yeah. oath for doctors. But yeah. you know, I mean, I've asked some certain guys that you've probably seen and most people block on Twitter that are trying to do the whole Mike mm-hmm. Marshall thing or whatever. And I'm just like, all right, man, like clearly you're trying to push a certain mold. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's just not well, it. Well, I see it. I see it from some popular names too. Like they oh, sure. really and, and what well, I think what bothers me about that the most is it becomes it's not a philosophical difference. 
Because in their mind, I think they know they're they're not correct. It's just they they can't sell their product unless they say it a certain way. And I, I think that's kind of what bothers me because they're too intelligent for that. I know them. I love them. Don't get me wrong. But they have to say it different and they have to say it's better than that because otherwise they're everybody's selling the same product. So you kind of have to, well, no, that doesn't work. We don't believe in that. A study says this. And that study was 20 years old and the guy that wrote it says it's wrong. You know, like sure. you can't hang on to that. You can't hang on to this little tiny nugget when there's this big amount of information now that says, no, it, everybody's over here now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you got a business and, you know, it's what's supporting you, then I guess that's what you got to say. Right. I, yeah. So I don't I guess you know, I guess it is kind of more they're dying on that hill mainly mm-hmm. to they know that it would kind of put their business under in a way, probably in the back of their head. Hundred percent. Yeah. So, like, if, and, and they'll, yeah. they'll fade away. I mean, it just did. Oh, you sure. know, I, I, I hate to see it. You know, I, I want to see everybody kind of come around, and they don't have to come around to the same ideas. That that's not necessarily wow. a thing. It's just come around to to evolving and, and look at whatever you're doing and go, is this right? Mm-hmm. You know, and and why? I, I tell you, I got a um, our Latin coordinator when I was with the Pirates, uh, Amari Telmaco, uh, we were talking about, you know, we, we all went to the ranch. We went to Palooza. We went to a lot of different events. And we were discussing as a pitching department, like what we had all learned. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of pushback in that department when it came to uh, technology and biomechanics. They had a biomechanist that worked with them that... <laughs> Um, I'm not sure he knew what he was talking about, to be perfectly honest with you, but whatever whatever the case may be. We'll leave his name out. Um, yeah. We'll leave his name out. I think he realized he had a really good gig and nobody else knew exactly what was going on. But anyway. Yeah. He wasn't probably said one time, time uh, as he, far as like knowing about the technology that he was just like, all right, I'm going to chill here. And- maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. We'll, 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 he's going to be unnamed. But he um, said something to, to us one time as a group. He said, how do we know they're right? And I, I, at first glance, I thought, wow, he's being like really closed minded. But then I was like, no, you know, we have to be cautious. We can't just take everything, sure. you know, and, and go, yeah, 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 yeah. We, we don't chase every theory, every new drill, every, you know, uh, which is like my place. Here we go, all these mounds and great instructors and all these, we have these opportunities to work with amazing athletes. And I say amazing because I think the eight year old that's in here and working hard and just learning an efficient throwing pattern. That's all we're worried about with him. I think that's amazing. I really do. So I think he's an amazing athlete for doing that. And we get those guys in here, but it's it's the best laboratory in the world. Don Cooper told me that years ago. He said, Eric, every bullpen is the best laboratory in the world in baseball terms. Sure. Because we do get to try all these things. And we can find out if, if a one size fits all or, oh, hey, this really only works for 3% of our guys. But at least we have the tool for 3% of our guys. So I do look at things that way about like Amari said, you know, there is a tone of caution when we do, when we dive in, cause we want, we see new information. Oh, I'm going to use that with all my guys. I've said, I've said it. I'm like, we're going to do that. We're going to do that. Well, it doesn't work for everybody. There's no mm-hmm. way it works for everybody. So, you know, it just, it's, it's just really about rearming your tool belt, so to speak. So we have things to, sure. you know, to pull yeah, out for guys. Everybody's but. not a nail and you, you don't need to hammer it. <laughs> That's know, right. That's perfectly you said. You a screwdriver. Sometimes you need an Allen wrench. You know, whole lot That's of right. stuff that you can involve with that. Um, you know, so it, it really just mm-hmm. kind of depends. I think, too, um, just kind of going off of like, okay, hey, like, are we just saying like being a devil devil's advocate or like having a sense of skepticism, right? Because I think mm-hmm. true innovation is in a sense of like maybe being a little bit skeptic about some things, you mm-hmm. know? Where it's like, okay, like, yes, I get it. But at the same time, like, why? You know, it's a, it's a great question to have. It's like, okay. And if you don't have the answer to that, then you're like, all right, cool. Are you doing this just off of pure emotion? Or is it just a gimmick that you're trying to sell? Right. Like, right. Right. You know, yeah. it's just kind of being straight up about it. But sometimes, sometimes I, I like to hear it. <laughs> they're wrong. Yeah, absolutely. I, I like that I'm wrong. Sure. I just do. I like I like that I can admit that we're we were wrong. And um I like I like the place we're in now. I I tell I just we're less wrong. Group. Yeah. Yeah, we're less wrong. Exactly. That's 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 exactly right. We 
we don't exactly know what end stage we're we have no idea um you know as time and technology and advancements pass us we don't exactly know what stage of this we're in but i don't think there's a better time to be a coach or a player in baseball oh sure oh well, i mean actually yeah really quick before we go down this next yeah topic, i know you mentioned uh, like super early on whenever we first met you're like oh man remote training has come such a long way touch on that like what like remote training was like for you oh for my your... god so in the beginning and i hope, I hope people understand this is true there were three the of us <laughs> and the genesis is exactly right this is so funny because i had a youtube channel when like youtube was like six months old it's kind of funny and then oh, i wow. took it down because somebody was stealing our content but anyway there was three of us that I know of for sure that were doing remote training. And it was, uh, it was Dick Mills, who I believe has passed away. Yeah. Uh, there was Don Cooper with the White Sox who was doing it. He had a little web page set up and there was myself. And um, I did not see anyone, um, the ranch or any anybody that I knew of at that time. This was really far back. And I remember <laughs> like in order to get that, so you would you would actually video it. Um, some people were actually had to video it on their like Hi8 or whatever their video camera, and then they had to convert it in a video card on their computer, and yeah, it would yeah. take it like, like forty five minutes. Yeah. yeah, right. And it took forty five minutes to receive. And then sometimes if there was a problem with your connection, you had to kind of not start over or whatever. I mean, it was a, it was a real deal. And then I, re- I think it was Real Player Plus is what we had to like review it because that was one of the few like uh audiovisual apps or whatever that you sure. could use to like slow things down or at least you know click and stop yeah it was the like super primal yeah. level like yes pro pitch ai I look, I look back and i have no idea how we did it because like everything we have i mean even just oh, yeah. on our iphone or everything is like one million percent better than that but yeah, I did that for a long time. I did remote for a long time. And then I, I see people now like, you know, and listen, I'm great. I think it's awesome that people are doing remote. I, I love that as an advanced. I, every, everybody out there is doing it better than I did it before. There's no doubt. I mean, I, I'm proud of it. It's not like they stole our idea or anything like that. I think, you know, it's the nature of the business of being able to expand okay. that way. It's awesome. Well, it has, and, and has technology love, evolved that also yeah, evolved. So. Became yeah. a norm. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And I, I think we were talking about like as soon as we heard about FaceTime on um iPhones, I remember saying, Well, this this will be the absolute future of, of coaching someday. Cause we started doing lessons. Um our our YouTube channel that we did put back up was getting tons of hits from um Korea, South Korea and Japan. And we started uh doing uh ex- I say lessons, but we were exchanging videos that they would interpret and stuff. It was really awesome. I mean, it was just, out. my son figured that out. He said, hey, we're getting all these like hits from him. I was like, what are you talking about? I didn't even look that up. He's like, no, really. And then I got a, I got a message from a guy that I ended up using Google translator and we, he's in Japan and uh, he's a, he has a really big baseball channel over there. And uh, we got drills. We have, uh, it's called the uh, Toshida drill uh, that we use to this day uh, to help get a guy back in the night. He goes around your head and into a good spot and, We've got, you know, especially our young kids are just trying to figure out like where, how to get scalp loaded, et cetera. And Probably just spatial that. awareness, sure. Yeah. It absolutely is. Absolutely. And, and it works really good with the younger kids because they don't, you know, they're growing every day and their bodies are changing. And man, I mean, I I got that from Japan. I mean, I didn't get it anywhere else. It's really, really cool. So um, yeah, <laughs> we've come a long way with remote training and I, I love it. I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm encouraged by it. But we do it here. Uh, a lot, which is great. I love working with with kids. We had we have clients in Nashville. We got clients in Texas, New York. Um, we we uh, we have several in California. It's just it's just awesome to be able to connect with people from all over the country. And uh, it's a challenge though. It's a challenge to not be in present and help them through a drill. You gotta you gotta have some oh sure have some skills. Yeah, I think <laughs> you know that is a downfall where it's like the feedback loop is a little bit longer unless you're just like immediate back and forth. Mm-hmm. You know, like you would be in person, um, right. but it's it's still, you know, it's, it's still scalable to to so many other guys. Um, you know, well, we can shift a little bit more to the in person side because you know, in our conversation sure. too, you know, we were 
you were talking about like, oh, hey, like, I, you know, like you mentioned earlier, it's like, I don't feel like I'm going to work, like I'm going to have fun. And you also mm-hmm. said that you're like kind of stepping back and taking more of a, like a mentorship role for some of these newer coaches because, you know, it's kind of like a, a well, well-oiled machine at this point. You no, know, and you're right, it is. And I appreciate you bringing that up because I, I just have a tremendous staff. I mean, we've got, you know, Keegan Bernie's been with me. I hired him at, at Miami and, um, you know, he coaches, he's been coaching with me at the throwing club and here now for several years. And he is, uh, he's going to get a division one pitching coach job soon. I, he's actually, his wife's right. expecting a baby any day. So I'm waiting for that knock on the door. Like I gotta go. Gotta take um, that first one step at a time. Yeah, that's right. The new kid in the world. Uh, for sure. Uh, that's great yeah. though. Honestly, like kudos to you also for keeping him around and you know having some mm-hmm. value like that uh around you for absolutely a right i love these guys i mean they're you know we're it's 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 hard to find people you really want to work with all the time and mm-hmm. um our floor training staff um uh jordan mauer um great kid he pitched in pitching college last year and did, didn't have a great experience with it but he was He's training here a lot. And then he asked if he could kind of come on as a floor trainer. And, and I mean, talk about a fish to water. And then, and then he took it upon himself to go get all these certifications and like ask the best questions and, and his implementation in his mind and watching him coach every day. Now he's, he's more than a floor trainer. Now he's really kind of really broadened out and the amount of trust that people have in him. And he's right. And that, that's what I like is, you know, it's our job to be right as best with best intentions. And he sure. is just tremendous. And Will McLean trained here for some time, finished up his career at Bowling Green, got his master's degree and looking for some pro opportunities. And he uh, took a job with us this year. I mean, just the rave reviews. I mean, every time I'm out on the floor working and I still try to touch, you know, as many people as I can and lessons oh, yeah. and talking to parents and I never see them doing anything incorrectly. If, if anything, I see them doing it better than I do. And I'm totally okay with that. I think it's phenomenal that their approach is just so open-minded and so they have such a good delivery and bedside manner and the way they speak to our clients and they, but they come from a place of understanding. I mean, that's, that's, what's really cool is they've done this and they know how hard it is and they know it's, you can't get it in two reps and whatever. And so the patience that's required and, and the true, true understanding of how much you have to embrace the suck, as they say. Yep. Uh, you know, as Doc Holliday with the Pirates used to tell us all the time, you, know, you have to embrace the suck. And it's hard. It's so hard because the process is just different for everybody. The length of time is different for everyone. And I, I'm just so proud of of our guys here. We have a couple other guys here that part-time, Tommy Seamer and Chris Murphy, that do crazy good jobs too. But I just – I like where I'm at here. I, I do. Um, I know we talked about it, you know, off, off camera about you know, going to really – you go from that like learning stage, you know, when you're young to, and I'm 48 now. So, I mean, I, I'm not young. <laughs> I feel young. I feel 25. I promised you. Um, so that implementation process stage, they really yeah. like Couldn't apply what you learn. Yeah. Right. Right. Absolutely. And then you're hands on. I mean, you're the coach, you're, you're there, you know, and, and I did, I've done that. And I still do that. I don't think you ever let go. Oh, I mean, I still learn. I still implement process. I still hands on, but, yeah, I really. I think, yeah, uh, that's a good point. Yeah. Actually, I think there's a micro view of that. You know, if mm-hmm. you get into like almost like programming, you know, it's like mm-hmm. it's a micro view of maybe specific topics or like what you're doing, like week to week or month to month. But then also zooming out, like throughout your whole coaching career, like yeah, early on you were going through a lot of a learning stage and trying to let, get the lay of the land of like what this is like, you know, or even playing too, right? Like yeah. learning, the game, learning how to do this, you're learning how to operate. And then, you know, turning as a coach, you're like turning theories into actual practical application. And then you're refining that practical application. And then now it's like, all right, cool. I'm going to mentor these guys to kind of steer them down the ship. Like, hey, don't go over here. Don't go over here. Right. This is kind of where we fell into the weeds. We tried that already. Come back on the side. But you can feel free to experiment within these parameters. You know. I had that conversation with Randy Solomon and I said, you know, I felt weird this year coming in. Like I wasn't doing enough. Like I wasn't doing what I did before and just so active on the floor. And I'm like, but those guys made it possible for me not to. And he said he, he did, he experienced similar 
Like he said, I quit being the implementer. He has a person that does a tremendous job there. He said, I'm the visionary. He said, I, I can do anything that on the floor. I mean, I can do all of those things. Um, and in hell, he know, he, he invented a lot of that stuff. So it's not know. like he's, yeah, he's the master of it, but he doesn't need to be the master of it. He, he's thinking about, well, okay, where are we going? I mean, somebody's got to figure out where you're going. And I relish that opportunity. I, I have a very creative mind and, um, you know, I don't ever not want to be doing this. So, um, I, I, I have really gotten comfortable this year with being the visionary and stepping back from needing to be over somebody's shoulder. I don't want it. The guys are doing a phenomenal job and I love it. I couldn't be more proud of, them. I could be more proud of where our company is today. You know, we have 645 plus clients now and we started with 35. I mean, you know, that's, that's a lot of growth and, and from where we started and, um, the success stories, man, it's just unbelievable. You know, I just, and, but we're just a little piece of it. And that's, a, that's the coolest part. I mean, we're, we're plugged in somewhere. And I, I love that. Um, I love that our clients trust us enough to kind of give themselves to us, you know, here, I don't know what I'm doing. Help me. Okay, great. You know, and, and um, what a great well, there's a process. Lot of, there's a lot of trust. In, right? Yeah. There's a lot mm-hmm. of trust to not only cultivate, but you know, you're, you're being trusted with so much that it's almost like, for me, early in my coaching career, I was like, oh, wow, like I, I can't screw this guy up or like mm-hmm. work with your first pro guy. Like I was down at Cressy Sports Performance and there was a bunch of like big name pros. I'm like, uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to make sure that I don't like mess up a million dollar. <laughs> but then, you know, you have a little bit more of a confidence like, okay, no, you know what? I actually do what I'm, I know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have all the answers to everything, but like you have some confidence in, in my skill as a coach. You know, Stromy says players know right away whether you got the juice or not. That's it's true. true. Real, real recognizes real. That is mm-hmm. very true. Yeah. I, I, I got invited to uh, go to Lexington a couple years ago. Chad Martin, uh, PPL Labs, good friend of mine, and work with Walker Bueller. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've worked with a lot of big league guys before, but that's Walker Bueller. You know, he just, <laughs> sure. you know, he's got, he's, the, he's got the juice he, himself as a player. He's got the juice, man. And he, um, super open minded, wonderful, wonderful young man. And, and I'll never forget. I said, can you like walk me through when you felt your best? And he goes, oh, yeah. So he pulls up his phone and it's the bullpen right before game five, I think it was, of the World Series. And he's showing me video from the Los Angeles Dodgers bullpen. And you're like, OK, this is different. I mean, this is different than working with a guy in our lab, you know, where he's like, this is what I felt my best. And But he was able to articulate all the way through. Here's what I felt here. Here's what I felt there. This is where... And this is where I'm trying to get, you know, this was approximately like five or six ways, so five or six weeks before spring training. And, you know, he was trying to get, he was not quite in line and he was able to articulate why we were able to do some video work and work through some thought process to attach to those movements. And it was awesome. I mean, what a, oh, yeah. but you know, you're sitting there thinking, don't screw Walter Bueller up. <laughs> oh, sure. There's definitely a part of it too. It's like, Hey, I'm still like trying to do no harm, but you know, help him kind of get, Get back to that yeah. place that he was before, you know. Um, it was kind of funny that you mentioned that because there's a lot of guys who, especially pro guys, and me, like from my background working at Tread, there was a lot of, I don't want to, uh, any other way to say it, other than there's a lot of cerebral guys who like mm-hmm. are really internally focused and are talking a lot about cues and like where their body yeah. is in space and stuff like that. Um, you know, and you, it, it's a different type of athlete to work with than someone that's just like, hell, hey, I'm just gripping and ripping it. Like, I don't know what, what I'm doing, you know, but like right. guys that you were mentioning before, not to get too far off topic, like Walker, he's like articulating, like telling him or he's telling you what he was feeling through the actual movement, through this bullpen video that you're watching. So you're getting more right. context versus, I don't know, maybe like a younger guy, like a 13 year old you kind of have to pull it out of them a little bit. It's like, Hey, like what were you right. here or what was your intention with this pitch? You know? So it's, it, it's a right. little bit of a different dynamic that you're, that you're working with. Cause if you ask the right questions to the pro guy, he'll spit it out. Um, or even just be like, Hey, ask one question. And then <laughs> just you yeah. know, download it. Uh, there input. was a, there was a term. Oh, I know. I just found it. I had to look it up while you were talking real quick. 
one of our instructors that we had here, he's moved on. He's a division one pitching coach now, and he pitched a White Sox system for several years. He said, pitchers are two things. They're cerebral or they're logical. Mm. And the cerebral guy is the guy that gets himself in trouble. <laughs> and you start thinking about that. Like I said, well, give me an example. And he said, okay. He said, guy gets on the mound, ball one. Said, oh, man, I didn't want to get behind here. Okay, so what am I going to do here? Okay, I mean, I rethrow ball two. It starts this avalanche process. Yeah, man, I didn't really want to be two and oh, I did <sighs> ball three. Oh, crap. You know, now I'm going to walk this guy out. Okay, so I'm not, you know, now there's just immense built up pressure out of nowhere to throw strike one with a runner on. And he said the logical guy just doesn't think like that at all. You know, it's like, you know, it's a throw ball one. Good. I'm going to use that against him later. He's going to think I'm going to go. And, you know, this, he's got a plan to get out of it. You know, boom, he gets the next one over. Boom, got you right where I wanted you. You know, now you're going to want to swing one one. You don't want to get behind. And I'm going to throw this pitch here. You're going to get a double play. And it, Boom! It works out. Mm-hmm. That's the guy you want. You know, oh, it's it's, it, it's not even so much about confidence. It's about like planning and thinking, and that's where that cerebral versus logical comes through. And it's really it made all the world sense to me when he said that. I said, "Man, I wish I'd known that like ten years ago. That would have been great." But it, it's really it's very very helpful when when working with pitchers. No, absolutely, I love that, and it's uh, it kind of reminds me of uh, I'm pretty sure Tom House said this. Where he was like, "What's the most important pitch in baseball?" And I was like, "I oh, don't know, strike one." You know, everybody's rambling off different things. He's like, "No, the next one." I was like, "Right, ah, yeah, okay, I get it." <laughs> Great answer. Thanks, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're like, of course, yeah, for sure. Like, so, like, who cares about what happened before? Whether you're one o, two o. All right, cool. I got the ball in my hand right now. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna shoot this next one. I'm mm-hmm. gonna get this guy and beat him at on this next one. Yeah, that's, it. that's your job. It is. It is. Yeah, it's your job. Find a way to figure it out, get out. Don't try to, you know, overanalyze things or try to break down your mechanics, especially in the middle of the game. I absolutely hate that. Yes. In the college, uh, I was a college pitching coach for a while too, and I would just ream guys in in my own kind of way, not like verbally, but just be like, "Why are you worried about your mechanics when you're in a game?" right now don't come into the dugout and i'm not talking to you about your mechanics at this point no way we'll talk about it tomorrow or maybe like after you're done and like if you're really feeling something like maybe i'll touch on it but at that point in the game you don't want to think about that at all because it's it's just gonna put you in that cerebral you know state of mind absolutely you're gonna end up walking guys by the time you figure it out it's too late i gotta come get you yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and it's a lot of that like internal external cueing, but also, you know, we talk about this a lot in the zone too. It's like, hey, like, are you a victim? And victims of like, you know, you've seen those, uh, you know, graphics where like guys are having arrows pointed in. And that's mm-hmm. also a thing where if you're focused inward, focus on internal cueing, right? It's, it, it's all connected, it's all carried over, right? Versus mm-hmm. guys who are a sure. little bit more of a victor mindset outward external cues right it's like it's it's a lot deeper than just physiology and and data like there's a lot of others you know stuff um deeper than that that yes very much so i like that refuse to lose mentality yeah absolutely you know and those guys I, I, we just had a talk. I had a. I was talking to a couple uh, pitching coordinators recently, and we were just kind of going over you know, why do guys with average stuff make it, and it's mentality. They refuse to be beat. They have so much conviction, and they 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 know what stuff they have. I mean, they're not they're not idiots. Oh sure. I mean, these these kids aren't dumb at all. Yeah, but they know how to get the most out of it, and they are never afraid. I mean, it's unbelievable. I, I mean, we had we drafted some guys when I was at the Pirates, and you know, we got them, you know, in short season, and we saw it. I mean, we we had, I mean, Bear Bellamy. I mean, at the time, you know, he's he's going to he's probably going to make big leagues this year. But you know, when we got him, he there wasn't anything that stood out about his stuff. It was good. Don't get me wrong, it was good. But I remember Kyron. 
uh, who I just I just saw in Nashville too. Our manager, Kyron Madison, great great guy, just phenomenal. Um, the very first time that he threw, we swore that he was throwing ninety five miles an hour, and he wasn't touching ninety three. I mean, it was it's just that intensity and that his, yeah, just so much. And and I always tell a story, and I love this. We were playing the Yankees, and this this will tell you about like the mentality that gets you to another level. We're playing the Yankees affiliate Pulaski, and he was one pitch away from having an immaculate inning. And I know he really wanted to. His focus was trying to get his change up, um, you know, into a certain area with two strikes, and he and he had that, and he left it right down the middle of the plate, and he, dude, I mean, just missed it in the ballpark, hit a double. I'll mm-hmm. never forget this. So I look up and, you know, I'm watching the cut and everything. And I'm, of course I'm watching, you know, our guys making sure that they're lined up and everything. And bear is like five feet away from the runner <laughs> and the, and the shortstop turned around to uh, throw him the ball. And he yells at this kid. He says, you're not effing scoring like loud enough that all of us can hear it. Wow. And I'm like, Oh, and I'm, you know, I'm there with Kyron and he goes, did you hear that? I said, yeah. And he went after that next guy. So the kid popped up a ball, third base side, foul. Okay, but we, we made the play. And Bear is following him around almost a little too much, right? And he says, I told you you weren't scoring. And he walked in the dugout. I put that in my report. I sent it to our pitching coordinator. And I'm telling you, two days later, he was gone. I mean, and he, he threw 17 scoreless for us with average stuff. And, you know, you don't have to have superstar stuff. Yeah, and I'll never forget that about him. And we had another kid, Trey Mago. I know Trey had a little bit of an injury. He he was likely he just got uh, Rule Five selected. Oh, nice by the Orioles. Um, hockey player. I don't. I don't think. I don't. I don't know this. I mean, I don't, but I don't think baseball was his first sport. I'm pretty sure it was that's, hockey. That's really interesting. Yeah, and he lockdown mentality. He would sooner lose in a knife fight than give up a run. I get it. I love that. <laughs> you a, want, you want. Yeah, no, that's a great mentality to have. It's literally mm-hmm. what you have to be. You got to be a bulldog up there. You know, it goes back to like, you know, I. it might have been uh, Oral Hershiser who had like, I think, uh, who was the manager? Was there? Why am I drawing a blank? Lasorda? Yeah, Lasorda like came up to him and was like, hey, you need to have like an alter ego. You need to have some bulldog in you or else you're not going to get through this. Yes. You know, as soon as he took on that type of persona, he is the nicest, person. most Christian man you will ever meet till he gets between the lines and he will rip your face off. That's what made him successful. I, I've, I've had the pleasure of meeting Oral more, more than once. Oh, really? Nice. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah. I, I felt honored. Um, <laughs> really, really quick. Cause uh, I had credentials back in the day and he was a broadcaster and I got to see him and pick his brain and, when he was the pitching coach for the Rangers, uh, I got to meet up with him again. And um, I just, it really, here's something really cool he taught me. And this is very helpful to anybody that's listening. So he said if he felt like he was out of rhythm and he was like not making competitive pitches, you know, out of the zone, like why is it? Well, he said if it was a runner on, he would just throw over a bunch of times and find his release point. And I thought, okay. So we implemented that when I was at Miami and I'll be, I'll be damned if it didn't work. Hmm. Like I never would have. Who teaches that? I mean, I've never heard that before in my life. You know, I I I had actually met him at a camp, and he was talking about that. He was just discussing, like, hey, you need to get a guy that's really out of the rhythm, you know, and it's a starter, and you don't really want to go get your guy, you know, in the third. You know, have him do this, have him throw over, you know, several times. Who cares what the fans say and boo? You know, nobody cares. He said, you know, of course, it might be a little different with the rule changes coming now, but. I understood what he was saying. He would throw over until he got to a comfortable position, if if nothing more than maybe gaining his confidence back. It was a really, really cool idea. And by throw over, just to kind of clarify for the listeners, what do you mean by throw over? Throw it over to first. Throw it over yeah. to first with a guy on and just kind of getting that release point, wherever, whatever that meant to him. Um, sure. and or even just changing it up. It's like, okay, I was going here, doing here, going absolutely. a little bit lower, a little bit over the top. And you're also called that FIO phase, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's awesome. I love it. No, yeah. I mean, even outside of like him, you know, physiologically, like trying to find the the feel, like he probably was more so just being like, "All right, like let me take a breather here, reset, mm-hmm. get back, you know, into the zone of 
where I need to be locked into. Yes. Yeah. I love it. That's really cool. Super good guy. I wish I could spend days with oh, him. Sure he's it would got be all learning. Days. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty damn good. I mean, you look at his career, you go, it's pretty good for a long time. Like for a long time. I mean, that. Yeah, and he was very crafty at the very end of his career. Still, I mean, what took the you know Indians to the World Series? I mean, that look at those numbers. I mean, look at those games. Mm-hmm. Nasty stuff too. That nasty sinker, man. That's unbelievable. Gross. I don't know. I mean, wish I had that. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it's really cool to just kind of you know just be a fly on the wall for any of those guys that have been in in baseball for so long and. You hear their perspective on things, and you're like, "Oh, okay, that makes sense." Right. And sometimes right. it doesn't have to be super, you know, down to the detail of, you know, "Hey, your arm needs to be here. You're doing all this stuff." It's like, "Hey, just keep it simple. Like, let's just do this." And no, absolutely, yeah. And I, yeah. I think that's, um, I think we coach too hard too often. Sure. Over coach, we're trying things. to, yeah. yeah, yeah. And was it really that hard? You know, is maybe maybe we're the ones who are making it hard. And I think the best advice I ever got is to coach less, and and especially in bullpens. I was wanting to comment on every pitch and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. You just you disrupt the learning process. You disrupt if you disrupt the internal feedback process. I mean, you're you're the detriment. Um, you're what's wrong. And I've I've learned to. We talk about what we want to do. We go do it. If they need feedback, they come to me. We talk about what's going on in that special context. I walk, I step back. We'll talk about it later. And and it just works so much better. I, I wish somebody would have told me that like a lot sooner. I just was yeah. over coaching and I, I I thought that's what you were supposed to do. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, because you I, saw or coaches might have done it to you and you're just like, okay, mm-hmm. so like this is what it means to be a coach. I have to put my I have some input, so to speak. But you know, I wasn't too far removed from playing. And I honestly got super frustrated with coaches that would literally like stop me in the middle of my bullpen and be like, dude, I was just getting a feel for this of what you were just saying. And now you're stopping lecturing me. Like, let me feel this out again. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. But yeah. yeah. And I, I think good pitching coaches like now, like I, I, I meet with our entire staff and we go over the routine, what's important, like how much they need to be coached. And I, I, I do discuss it like during your bullpens, you know, some guys want more conversation and sure. I can appreciate that. Oh, and, yeah. and it, it could be, it can be tailored correctly. Um, mm-hmm. I worked with uh, a guy, Stephen writings who'd made it up to AAA with Seattle and he, he needed specific information more often than maybe another guy, but there was other things that we just never discussed, but you have to have that conversation you have to say, yeah. You know, what do you need from me? I'm, because I'm really, I'm a servant. So just tell me what it is you need. We'll do that. And, you know, I keep a card with all that information. I review all that, you know, and, and when we get a new player in, we do the same thing, you know, what, what it is that you need from me and what don't you want me to do? And I think it's really critical for that relationship and that dynamic because uh, it's hard not, it's hard to be successful when you're, when you're making mistakes, you don't even know you're making with players. So just communicate. Oh yeah. That's the biggest part is communication. Real quick on that too. Um, yeah. You know, maybe if you have a guy who says that he wants feedback a certain way, but you know, it's like, hey, you might have something a little bit outside of what he's used to. How how would you like weave that in or maybe come at him at a different angle? You know, so I think let's say a guy like really wants like instantaneous feedback. Like, I don't know. Do you guys have like, I'm assuming you have some type of like rap soda or track man or something there? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, uh, what was the horizontal on that? Like, as soon as he throws it, he, like, looks back at you or looks at the screen. And you're like. Yeah, I think it's contextual. You know, if, if we're working on a specific pitch and we need a lot of information while we're, you know, re-engineering or pitch designing a pitch, I think that calls for feedback and response. Feedback. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, me interrupting during a pen while a guy's trying to get feel like what happened to you would be erroneous. And I know I've done it. Don't get me wrong. I don't oh, do it now. Yeah. If I can't. So, you know, it's all about context there. Um, however, I will say that I've had guys that we've worked through issues. We've worked through, Hey, here's, you know, maybe struggled to get a curveball over. I can think about this. This happens last year. 
And I, I can only let him fail so much in front of me before I offer. Hey, just a reminder. Remember last time we bank. Yeah, got it. And it, it's just that simple. It's about that. It's about the feeling, whatever we had coached ourselves through. Bang. And then you get the, you get there, they look back, you're like, oh, and yeah. then we're off and running, you know? So it's, it's almost just really. Like- yeah, it's almost like a new the newer cars out there that have the sensors where like you get offline, it's like beep beep beep. Oh, okay, yeah. yep, thanks. Yeah, yeah. 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 exactly. Cool. We're we're navigation control. <laughs> in a, in we a are. Way. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, it's knowing your guys. You know, I had some. I've got guys that they don't want to talk at all about anything. I mean, and you know, okay. I mean, that's fine. And um, and whether they're struggling or not, it's just there isn't anything they their process is such that it just, that it's not helpful for them, but then they go into the game and they dominate. So what do you, what's there to argue about? You know, you want to, you just want to have great conversation with your guy in the pen and no, he's got a process too. He's got a routine. If he doesn't want to hear shit from you, then that's okay. You know, there, you can't take any of this stuff personal. Like I said, we're servant, we're servant leaders and we can't, we're here to provide, you know, yeah. I always tell guys, I'm not really here to take things away from him here to add. You know, unless it's something nuts. I mean, yeah, yeah. I rarely or, ever see that. I rarely yeah. see that. You just add you're you're there to help. Um or I guess in more of like a, a pro guy who may not need a whole lot of like remolding, I might mm-hmm. either you know, maybe it's not adding things. You know? Yeah. Right. Like, hey, let's stick to a routine. We're gonna just make a small tweak here. Or hey, instead of you know, and I wish I would have known this back when I played. It's like, hey, instead of doing fifty throws with plyo balls, like, how about we cut that back so you're taking away there to where you actually keep the main thing, the main thing. Yeah, yeah, so, that's a that's a great point. Keeping the main thing, the main thing. I mean, we all we all love to communicate and talk, and like I said, you know, going back to the bullpen being a laboratory, we want to talk about more stuff. But but you got to stay. Uh, we got to stay on task and stay focused and so we can get these things done <laughs> you know but it, it, I, I you know it's kind of funny we get a lot of kids that come in and we work really hard on routines here we'll get a kid that will come in and he'll throw two fastballs and he goes to it's like well you're already going to your slider and your curveball and i mean you're you're pitch two in your warm-ups i mean what do we do that and you know, we have a sheet that kind of not that everybody has to follow it but exactly but you you do need to worry about getting your your fastball over and seeing where you're at today before you start going to slider and then and then it's funny because it'll be two fastballs a slider a change a curve and then you know damn yeah. hell i'm not oh that's I've never worked with anybody that's that good you know <laughs> yeah yeah no absolutely well there's to kind of touch on that if any of the listeners are kind of you know either having the same issue or they have players who have the same issue the uh episode with the Oakland Athletics uh, pitching coach that's going to come out here pretty soon. Um, he actually touched on that a lot. Scott Emerson touched on I know he how knows. he gave a lot of guys uh, almost ways to like that he was taking away. He's like, hey, this guy has a, a slider and a curveball. I don't want him to throw a curveball for these next couple of pins. I want him to land the slider and really execute this. Right. So sometimes it's not having five pitches or a bunch of things to work on, like get really good at one thing, be exceptional at that. And then you can move on and progress to the other things. Now our, our assistant coordinator, when I was with the pirates, um, Tom Filer, man, he nailed it one day for me. We were, we were an extended and we sent a, we sent a young reliever to go get ready. You know, we, you know, everything's pretty scripted, you know, it's X amount of pitches, you don't get it, you roll it, you know, and you move on. And, and that, and it's great. I, it's pretty cool really. But um, we sent a guy to go down and I, I'm telling you, it was like, he walked away. Seemed like he walked right back and you like, you're good to go. Yeah. 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 And Tom said, I know you're not ready because I've been doing this for four years. <laughs> he says, you're arm ready. You're not game ready. Mm. And it, blew me away and i he and i talked about that at length and we realized that a lot of our guys didn't have a really good routine or plan to get ready um and you know you get a lot of guys that are converted i mean i had a converted starter a guy had never relieved 
ever at any level in his life. He did not know how to get ready as a reliever. So we have to go over that. There is a process of where where do you start throwing at what distance and you know you're trying to get into a game you, you know it's, you can't take forever and he's used to being a starter so he's used to having 18 19 minutes to get ready you can't do that and you at all yeah. <laughs> i mean even if you know you're coming in that's that that could be cut short in in a real quick three three up three down and seven pitches so we you know we had to really discuss with guys you know arm ready versus game ready do they feel like their arms ready oh it's loose it's hot middle of summer i'm ready to go but then it's a walk on five pitches, you know, and then another struggle at bat. And then, oh, and then you can see it like happen. Like now he's ready because now he's sharp. That's because he was arm ready, not game ready. So it's really, really important to find out what it takes for you to be game ready. Absolutely. Oh, wow. I think that's a good point to end on, on that yeah. one, to be honest. Well, arm nugget. Ready game ready. I like that. <laughs> Any, yeah. but before I, before I cut you off though, any last closing remarks? Obviously, my audience is a little bit more of like older players, younger coaches mm-hmm. starting to shift into their careers too. So, you know what? Just be yourself. Yeah, love it. I I got that advice young, but I didn't know who I was. I can just tell you that, and I didn't know what it meant. Um, a friend of mine, uh, Mike Bell, who passed away, um, was director of player development for the Diamondbacks and he was trying to, we were, I had an interview with a major league team and we were just talking through some things. He's meant just be yourself. And like, this was, I'd have heard it at much younger. And I thought, you know, I can do that now because I know who I am. I'm not trying to impress them. Like by trying to assimilate and be who I think they want me to be. Mm. Um, and, and, and the players are the same way. They just, just be yourself, be the coach that you are they'll you'll build the rapport you they'll fall in love with you or they won't you know you don't have to not everybody's your best friend you know that's okay i used to yeah, tell all guys everyone. all the time i that's said okay. i i don't need 21 year old friends <laughs> 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 i said but someday i will someday i will be your friend but other times i'm going to be kicking your butt and other times i'm going to be your brother and other times you're going to be really mad at me and i'm okay with all those things but just be yourself that's what I would leave this with is, you know, find out who you are and be that person and don't be afraid to be that person. And don't be afraid to look in the mirror and change too. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that definitely sums up majority of what we were talking about there. Which is mm-hmm. awesome. Awesome. Absolutely. Thanks well, for having me. I appreciate you. it. Yeah, no, thanks for coming on. And for those of y'all listening, stay in the zone. <laughs>